your last name? Sue. Sue. Yeah. It's Sue. not Shu. Sue. Sue. Yeah. Sue. Yeah. That would be S H U, like everyone who you call to book a shilling for, when they're like. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the worst is when like they ask me, "Can I?" Was, so when I used to have to book the showings for every when I was like oh, the, the new bitch boy at like Makeworks in the basement, I would have to book showings for I think even Billy at one point, and I would call and book, and I'd be like, "Billy Sue H S U," and they'd be like, "S H U." Yeah, yeah, I know those. How about uh when they go you go H S U and they go can you spell that out for me? I'm like three fucking letters. H S U. They think it's a weird last name. Yeah. HSU. Let's say law too. Yeah, L A. Yeah. And they're like L A. L A W? No, L A. Yeah, yeah. Or they'd always pull up some guy from like Home Life. I'd be like, no, no, no. Simon L A W. Home Life? Roll it back. Urban Village Realty. Yeah. Be like, what the fuck is that? Damn. We all went through the same experience practically. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty funny. Or your choice or whatever, whatever. It's like three generations of the same person. Yeah. Very different people. I mean, kind of. Kind of all look the same. I mean, right pretty now. similar. We're wearing different shades of blue. <laughs> this is like a what's that? Like like Matrix. Yeah. Matrix. Yeah. Just like different iterations of the same person. <laughs> the, the Italian version, the Chinese version, the Greek version of the same person. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's been a while. It's nice to have you back on here. Oh, yeah, thanks. were you episode two, three, something like something? That. Yeah, you were back in the OG days. It's and a we lot were different in now. The same booth. Same area. Which is kinda. just a whole lot upgraded. We were drinking some beers. That was fun, actually. It was. We need a table in here. We now. should. Have we need the. T- we have we need a table so we can or side tables. We should have brought some beers. Yeah, we should. It's way too early on a Monday morning. Monday, <laughs> it's like it's Monday. Monday. It's like two o'clock. It's but two it's still o'clock a Monday. On Monday. But it's, it's like a holiday Monday. No, so it's not. Acceptable. The fifth of December. I like how you guys try to justify things. Eh? Like no. Monday, but it's kind of holiday. <laughs> so we can pull it. it's that okay. was him, man. <laughs> if I was at an airport, it's okay. <laughs> That's true. It's five o'clock somewhere, whatever, whatever. Yeah. No. No, we're not going to be drinking right now. I have work. Yeah. Yeah. Good call, guys. Good call. Yeah. How have you been, man? I've been good. I've been very good. Uh, I don't know. In terms of good and like, you know, friends are good. Family's good. Uh, work's good. It's the most important. Well, not, not work. The friends and family yeah. is the most uh, important. Yeah. Health is good. Yeah. Health, yeah. health is good. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. You're like on that semi-retired life now. Semi-retired life. Yeah. Living lux. Um, well, to recap. So the last year... Year and a year and a bit, maybe no, maybe eight months. Year, you've been now managing a couple projects, a couple bigger projects on your personal side. Yeah. Uh, with properties. Were you finished? Where you're currently at at that point? I don't remember. What do you mean? His current house, like as. Uh, no, his current house was finished. Was it finished then? Yeah, yeah his current yeah. house was finished. So he's working on the the two current ongoing projects. Yeah. And then at that time, you pretty much took a step back and said, you know. Just, just focus your energy there. Yeah. Pardon me. Is that was that the mindset? Like, so, so what happened was a couple, a couple, what was it, eight months ago, took on a pretty big project here, yeah. uh, close to the close to the office, total renovation. Uh, you, you can talk to us about that one in, okay. in a bit, but uh, and then at that time, and then you took up the other partnership project, which again you guys are going to talk about as well, yeah. okay. most likely. Um, at the same time, you kind of took a step back from your actual job, and you were kind of like, you know. Had other things to manage, took the, took the step back. So that's why that said, you know, oh, yeah, semi-retired, yeah. right? I wouldn't say semi-retired. It's just, um, you know, uh, so this year has been a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. The market's been a little bit yeah. slower. So in that, with conjunction of me taking or working on other things, it has, yeah, 
I wouldn't call it summer retired. It's just the market's been slower. I've been focused on some other things too. I'm still working though. You That's get true. the ability to choose where you put your focus. Yeah. yeah. Which no. is, is nice. Is nice. So you're making a comeback, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> 2023, 2023 comeback tour. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There you go. Yeah. How are your projects going right now? So your first one. Uh, uh, Oakwood is yeah. uh, across the street from the office, actually. Yeah. So that's um, going pretty well. Um, what do I have to say about that? <laughs> uh, you know, it's going. Uh, it's going quite well. Originally. Um, in terms of the numbers, how I, how I projected them, um, I, and how things have turned out because of the rent increases in Toronto, yeah, and how I ended up, um, you know, carving up the place. Um, when did you start that? When did you lock that deal in? Just so I have an idea of like where the rents were at when you first locked it in. Yeah, like where, when did you firm up the deal? Uh, it was just after my birthday, actually. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, so that's like no, March, April. In March, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I bought. I I, I bought. Um, looking back, it's. Pretty much at the peak, mm-hmm. um, mm. I would say. But rents have done a number too. Rents yeah, have come up quite, yeah, rents quite a bit. Probably twenty percent. That was like near, yeah. Like Prices that. fell about twenty percent, and but you got a pretty good deal. Yeah, I got those. a I got a fixer upper, so yeah. So yeah. there was a bit of a cushion there at the time. Yeah, yeah. fixer upper on a on a yeah. main street. Yeah, on a so main street too. Yesterday, there, yeah. there was that yeah. discount. I guess that you purchased it. Yeah. I remember at the time you were like, I can't believe I picked up this property for this number. Yeah, sure. And now, it, it, honestly, your number probably still, still not like still absurd. Old. Yeah. No. So it, yeah. So well, that's that's part of uh, that's part of you know, um, buying these fixer offers is that yeah. you know you, you 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 get a bit of a cushion, right? So it doesn't uh, you know instead of buying a, if you, if at the peak if you bought a finished product, brandly new, um, you know when the interest rates were super low and everyone was bidding, compared to where it might sell for today, you might would have taken a I guess a, a steeper uh, short term. Hit, I guess. Yeah. Versus, you know, uh, buying the fixer uppers and uh, where there's less competition. Yeah, you yeah you pretty much purchased the biggest fixer upper on a major road in the neighborhood at the time. Yeah, so I guess yeah, there were there were some <coughs> discounts there. Um, yeah, but um, I was I was gonna bring up the point that um, if I had waited, mm. I might not in yeah, and this if I had waited, I might not have qualified for a home because right. given the rates given you know when you, you look at your portfolio at that time the numbers made sense to the bank numbers made sense to me it works right however what fast forward by six months or whatever it yeah. is now now my portfolio portfolio is more expensive to carry the right. bank see that too i might have been able to qualify for yeah for what right. it was and there's another thing that um a lot of people don't don't take into consideration on the investment side uh, when we borrow on a variable rate with a bank that's willing to extend your amortization if the rates go up, actually the numbers are still relatively the same in terms of cash flow. Yeah. You're not paying down your principal as much, but in terms of your, your overall uh, uh, debt your obligation, debt yeah, your, your debt obligations are relatively the same still. Yeah, so, just a longer yeah, payback yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. just to extend your amortization. That's yeah. a bit of a, and that's a bit of on the investment side. People don't realize it's, it's a bit of a, um, an advantage. Yeah, it's a bit of an advantage because if, if 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 you're purely an investment portfolio, if you just look at that obligations, if they extend your amortization and you're not you're not required to pay that pay back more debt in the same amount of time, it's actually the same thing. Right, as far as a qualification. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Um, very powerful tool. Tool. Yeah. So yeah. So understanding under understanding uh, when getting, when you get a variable rate, especially on investment on uh, investment property, you might want to make sure. If you're working with a bank that says, "Oh yeah, if if, if uh, interest rates go up, instead of us asking you for more 
total to, total debt will will just extend your amortization. So that's something to consider when you you know talk, talking to the banks. Yeah. Especially, yeah, that's when people talk about trigger rates all these days. Like yeah. these days a lot. It's what well, I guess what are the terms? Fixed fixed payment versus fixed amortization. Right, I believe. Fixed uh, amortization being every every percentage the rate goes up, your payments are going to go yes. up with mm-hmm. it to yeah. keep your let's say it's fifty percent principal, fifty yeah. percent interest. Mm-hmm. That ratio will remain the same, so therefore your payments going to yeah. go up each time. Versus yeah. like a the fixed uh, the fixed payment, yeah. your your ratio of interest to principal is going to change until yeah. you get to that hundred percent interest, which is then where you've heard the term a lot lately, trigger rate. Yeah. Then your payments go up. You're paying 100% interest, but from a qualification perspective, yeah. from a cash flow perspective, it makes things a lot easier to carry and to yeah. continue to scale. And right? it's, yeah, it gives you some holding power, which people don't realize. So yeah, yeah. so it is important uh, when you're getting a variable rate yeah. um, to make sure you understand if 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 you're on a fixed uh, amortization or a fixed uh, or a fixed ratio, yeah. as, as you say. So. And did you did you understand that when you were buying this property, was that something you, you know, kept? in mind or was that just a happy coincidence of what ended up happening because i know for myself when i purchased a year ago um i didn't well first of all i didn't foresee the interest rate to go this high this quick so i wouldn't have even thought if you asked me whenever and i still believe in this you know what's going to perform better over a five-year period a variable or fixed rate i'm pretty sure it's going to always be the variable rate except last year i could have had a fix for low twos sure yeah or whatever it was mid twos low twos uh, where I think that that was the big winner where some people took that. Yeah. I think that's maybe in history, that will be the biggest win piece unless rates go down. But again, even if they go down, I don't think they're going to go back to what we saw at one, 1. 1.4 for a mortgage, 1.5 for a mortgage. So you, we might get that kind of interest rates if there's some sort of world crisis again, where they have right. to lower interest rates to, to they have to keep liquidity, keep money yeah, moving and, and keep, keep the economy kind of going, going. Yeah. yeah so, cause we don't want like, no, it's on, yeah, usually when, when there's a crisis, they, they lower rates to keep, to keep the economy kind of going. Sense, but, True. Yeah. There's a lot of lessons I took from like this the last two years, let's say, just yeah. in terms of winning <laughs> that regard. But like to, to your question earlier, I at the beginning of the year, the the thought of a fixed amortization, fixed payment, that whole, like I didn't even realize that there was multiple different types yeah. of variable mortgage, right? And I didn't dig... I wouldn't have given it a second well, no question to, regardless, right? right? I wouldn't have really looked at it a second time. Fix, you know, the 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 variable versus fixed has always been a question. What are my plans for the property? When do I want to refinance? All those types of things. Never, you know, these days, now having gone through the last year and seeing how that's impacted a ton of people, that's going to become a thought process a little bit more, right? The The payment versus the amortization when getting a new variable. What's your plan for the property? Do I am I with the right lender that's going to put me in the right kind of variable? It's a new uh, new tool, new question to ask. Mm-hmm. Well, well things got a lot more. Um, like if you go back a couple years, anywhere during the COVID period, um, even the years before that, people were just buying as quick as they can, no matter what they can for whatever yeah, price they exactly. could. It, w- it wasn't really. A, who's going to give me a mortgage? Yeah, All right, who's going to? You go. got me a mortgage. Great, I, I lock up the property and that's yeah. it. And I'll figure everything else. I think nowadays there's a lot more reverse engineering that needs to happen. You start with who, okay, what are my options? What do they give me? Can I even qualify? That's the biggest question nowadays is can I even qualify? Because I think the, a lot of investors now, a lot of people in general just can't, or it's, it's much more difficult. I'm going through that process right now with myself, with clients, and it's all a world difference of what it was even six months ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the, uh, we, saw this was going to happen but didn't expect it to be this this aggressive but like when you look at 
a year ago when you're qualifying, the qualifying rate being what five and a quarter at the time, you know, when it's five and a quarter or your rate plus 2%, I think it is the higher of the two, the base rate is higher than five and a quarter these days. Right. Plus the 2%. Like a lot of guys are qualifying your, your like stress test rate is two, 3% higher than like what it would have been before. Which is insane. It's huge. A million million dollars. It's such a huge impact. Yeah. Where it used to be what? Like five, five and a quarter, five and a half, five and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So, Big difference. Was that something? Okay, long-winded. So going back to the original question, um, I was aware of how uh, uh, fixed uh, amortization versus uh, fixed payment. I was, I, was, I was aware, and that's why I did go uh, with, with these lenders mm-hmm. uh, because I do believe in um, cash flow being the most important thing for because overall that obligation. So in the same way that we uh, we I prefer HELOCs because right. HELOCs is interest payment only, Right, it, it, you can carry more by just paying off interest as opposed to interest and principal, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so and I'm uh, um, and from a traditional real estate investment portfolio view, you would ideally stay as leveraged as possible. So again, you're, you're just looking for cash flow. So yes, I was aware of that. However, I was not expecting interest rates to to go up as fast as it did. Like, like I, I, yeah, I was aware of the of of the, the um. I was aware of what I wanted out of that mortgage in terms of being uh, extending your amortization in the in the case of this happening, but I didn't foresee this happening though. Right. Yeah. And how have you weathered during that period now? Um, how have I weathered it? I guess like like everyone else, I'm just well for my personal portfolio because the thing is because I'm I'm on these variable mortgages that allow for extended amortization. It's been okay in the sense that I'm just not paying back my principal at the moment. Right. But I've I've been triggered triggered a couple of times for minimal amounts. But overall, when you look at my debt obligations versus my gross income, like things look look pretty good. Those look uh, fairly healthy. And this is because of uh, we I, I talked about this before and about the threats of investing. Right? Yeah. You want to have a strong cash flow in in the case of this happens. Like a lot of people in this we're saying buying anything. Any price getting a mortgage. This is like the condo market, right? It's, well, yeah, it just goes up. Then everything goes up. We just buy it, right? The good old number goes up. Investing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, now, 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 now the market needs to correct itself, and everyone yeah. has to redo the math, and we see whose math works and whose math doesn't work. So yeah, yeah it's what it is. And right now, we're being honest, the condo's math is doesn't work that great, to be honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. It was, we were talking about this earlier. Well, I, I think the condo math wasn't that great to begin with. No. And now we have. In- increased interest rates so some of these condo investors um will will see we'll be hurting a little bit more but i I think it also goes back to the point though that what what we do and what people with the burr method or what what people who are okay with taking big projects do handling with more tenants handling multi-family homes it's it's a lot bigger of an ask for the average person and the average investor sure where a lot of people and, and i know i work with a lot of clients that that are in this mindset and it's I want to buy this so that my, my kids have a place. Okay. Yeah. It's, they, not you know, it's, it's not short term. Yeah. It's not to grow a giant portfolio. It's not to, you know, do whatever it is. It's not to cash flow. They, they have good, stable jobs. They make a lot of money. They have disposable income. They want to buy one or two properties that they like so that they're proud of. Right there, that that term, I like the property, it, yeah. it means you're not going to cash flow a lot. Unless you're in the mindset like you are or like we are okay. where we're, we're, I, we're looking I for like. Cash flow. I like, cash flow. Yeah. I like a property that's exactly. going to cash flow. But that that point, and I've, I've heard clients say that as well, is like when you get kind of emotionally attached to 
the neighborhood to an extent. Neighborhood is important to an extent. To a, you don't need to be like super AAA in the annex because it makes you feel good. Um, but like, I like the location. I like that it's detached, and I like the finished style. A lot of the time, that like puts you way over into kind of like the end user who exactly. actually cares about emotions. Because those are the other people who emotions, like. Yeah. Um, to a point where the investment math doesn't necessarily make as much sense, right? And that's not as defensive uh, an investment. So, so that's 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 where you're right. So, but if if you like the property and, and you like it, and that's all good. However, in terms of like traditional um, sort of investing metrics, and, and the fact that if you like you want to grow grow a portfolio and want to work with the banks to grow a portfolio, you have to have you have to keep cash flow in mind. You have to keep these things in mind. Right? Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so so I think like overall, I mean, different investors have different Criteria. different mindset, yeah. different goals. Yep. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean condos bad. Doesn't necessarily mean break evens bad or negatives bad. It's just what your end goal is and where That's you are point. right yeah, now. Yeah, if you put yeah, it like, right. if you put it like that, then yeah, if you if you're meeting your own goals yeah. in terms of investments, then yeah. that that's fine. That's exactly. cool. Yeah, if you're meeting your own goals and yeah, everyone has different goals, different criteria, and what they're, what they're looking for. So I think nowadays too, more than more than before, is in Toronto. Uh, specifically, I don't know about other cities, uh, but in Toronto, if you go back two, three years and prior, the entry point for a property was 700, maybe something like that, or uh, close to around that range. You can probably pick up some, you know, semi-detached that needs some work or, or whatever. Yeah. So let's let's call it 700, and mortgage rates are at like three and a half percent, maybe. Times were different. Rents were similar i would say three years ago pre-covid like, pre-covid yeah. i would say they're pretty similar to pre-covid numbers now I think they're a little higher now they Depends. might be they so might be a little higher we had higher. this chat i think last time uh i think the bigger units are kind of maybe just now ticking over okay. ticking a little bit beyond the smaller the one beds the bachelors even the two beds i think have kind of rocketed past where they were prior to so let's just consider the same just for argument's sake but you're you're so you're entering a market at a time where 700 let's say is the entry point your mortgage is three and a half percent and rents are at around what they are now you fast forward five years now the entry point is 890 880 maybe around there 900 let's let's say 900 to That's be more nine, comfortable yeah. Yeah. right so you're at 900 200,000 more you're at five and a half percent six percent interest right and rents are the same that's your cash flow that's more than your cash flow of those properties of five years ago. So a lot of people now, so so let's say you're just getting into the real estate game now uh, and you're thinking, you know, I've saved this much money. I've saved $240,000, $230,000. You know, I got, uh, I have a partner that I'm, I'm working with or two, me and a couple of my friends are going to pull our money together and get into this game to get in at that ground level. And now we're not talking about having a budget of a hundred thousand to renovate, right? We're talking about, this is all the money I have, $230,000, $240,000. How do I own real estate? Because I believe in real estate in the long term. You're going to have to be okay with not cash flowing positive or being very close to break even or in and around that area because the cash flow positive, even back in the day, but now especially, are mainly from value add projects. And value add projects, you're going to need to have a budget aside for renovations. You're going to need to take on more of a risk that a lot of people aren't okay with. So, if you're a first time investor nowadays and you just want to own real estate, it might not help you grow as fast. It might take you a little longer. It's going to take you a little longer in general these days, just because the way, the way things are, unless you have that, you know, you, you made a purchase before and it went up in volume, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's going to take you a little bit longer. So when you're getting into the market now, I think it's, 
you have to look at your options a little bit more if it is in Toronto, unless you have that big renovation budget. Does that make sense? It was a little long-winded. Yeah, I think in general, what you're saying is you've just if if it's going to be fairly close to turnkey, fairly close fairly to close, low renovation, yeah. you know, a little bit of lipstick here and there. Expect neutral or a very small cash flow margin, um, where you're going to find the deeper cash flow properties these days. It really it isn't a big reno, a fairly significant reno, or like you're you're diamond hunting essentially. Which, to be fair, is kind of what we're good at. Yeah, yeah. we we do we do find diamonds. Yeah. Um, but they most of the time they still need a lot of work. Yeah, the right? diamonds the still diamonds still, the need, diamonds a still need a ton it's, of work. It's yeah. good and it's a deal. It's available to us to pick up because nobody else really wants it or they can't see what it can become. Right? They can't see how to kind of densify that and make cash flow out of it. Well, that's something that Billy, you've been really good at over Billy's the years. Billy's pretty good at making cash flow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you found a few diamond diamonds that's, in the last uh, what three that's four that years? Defensive maybe. investing, uh, like the, I, when I look at the stuff that you got, you've got a couple together. Uh, the cash flow margins are very healthy and, and provide the ability to weather. You know, I'm not I'm not stressed about anything that we own, right? Just yeah. because of the the margins are, are pretty thick. So let's talk about Oakwood now. Sure. So Oakwood, you said you purchased it, let's say late March. Yeah. When did it close? Closed, uh, I think it was May. I think it gave it two months or it might have been a month and a half uh, around okay. there, around May. Yeah. So closed in May and pretty big renovation project. Yeah. Um, entire interior down to the studs, more or less. Um, uh, exterior, uh, new windows, new doors. Uh, probably be throwing in a roof or some some roof work as well uh didn't need to waterproof it um so yeah um pr- pretty large project no no major structural changes though are you no. interior waterproofing or no nothing? no there's no waterproofing on this house so okay. yeah and no no moisture so the inspection came back that it, it wasn't re- re- uh, wasn't required and um from what we well, what we've seen from you know uh taking out some of the the drywall in the basement there there hasn't been any sort of evidence good. of, okay. of, of good, large good. leaks so okay. and a lot yeah. of stuff i mean unless you have an active leak or something that's kind of like starting to seep you can do a lot with a little bit of preventative maintenance right make sure that downspouts are away things are graded yeah. properly you seal up anywhere in between yeah, you can do dehumidifier. So in the many people don't like. It's so crazy how many properties you go to, and like the front corner, the downspouts just funneling into the foundation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of preventative maintenance, a few hundred bucks. Yeah, so that's low. true. Yeah, that's true. Saves you thousands in the yeah. long run, exactly. and, yeah. and the integrity of your structure. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, it's huge. So what's your so what's your overall budget? A rough estimate of a project this size, where it is very high value add, very high. Uh, well, cash flow will be very healthy. I, I'd have to I have to do the numbers again on where I'm in the cash flow because I haven't have ran the numbers um, since like I guess two 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 more recently because of, of the, all, all the rate hikes. Because regardless, um, I'm stuck with the property anyways, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm gonna follow through. Why, why stress yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's gonna be okay. Uh, I just have to run the numbers see where they're at. Uh, in terms of budget, I think um, for this project I'm doing. Uh, Uh, I think I'm gonna land somewhere like 125 to 150 maybe in that's that range. Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I would yeah. say. I think yeah. I, um, I, I just again, for the I, amount of work. This is this yeah. is a project that's taken months. Yeah. So it's, it's May. So uh, it's 
it's going on six months. It's going to be a dead month this year, but hopefully I'll be up and ready to rent out the early spring kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, the, I think that's, um, that's, uh, for me in terms of where I want to be, it's a good, it's a, it's, it's, it works. The numbers work, um, within that budget and that's a, so yeah, that's where, it, that's where it is kind of thing. Nice. And, and so your, your property is going to be split into three units, three units. That's right. Yeah. And two bedroom. So yeah, the top floor, I got, so top floor is two, two uh, two bedrooms, main floor is, uh, three bedrooms, uh, basement, oh, nice. basement is two bedrooms as well. Nice. So, yeah. Big property. Yeah, uh, yeah. This um, looking from the outside doesn't look that big, but there's a bit of an there's an extension at the back there, so in essence, it's more like a two and a half story kind of building mm. with the extensions to factor yeah. that in, yeah. and that's with a lot of these Toronto homes. Like a lot of times, um, like it is dime hunting. You have to see these. Yeah. We, we, we talked about see them in person. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this before. You guys see these properties in person. They've been hundred years, hundred years old, right? How many iterations? How many renovations? Yeah. How many additions? How many levels of addition? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you yeah. see the brick line, like what's one, the basement two, looking yeah, at? Like yeah, it's like uh, all that you yeah. can't tell from the listing. And then that's and that's um, that and that's yeah, the, the only way to tell tell if you're getting or what, what the property actually is in Toronto, uh, in downtown or or older Toronto is uh, yeah. you gotta yeah. see them in person. So for yeah. sure, it actually is a perfect kind of uh, segue into Lightborn. Um, another edition. Another edition. <laughs> another. So That's, I was gonna say that it the the sneaky edition has been like almost this free value sure. on a lot of the deals that I've looked at or that we've like that our team has tied up personally or for clients in the last I don't know let's call it six months like the best stuff that I can think of of recent memory barring one beast in particular um, most of them have like this sneaky addition that you kind of can't tell from like the photos from the listing. Uh, but when you go see the house, they've got like an extra bedroom, at least worth of space. Yeah. That's two the big thing. Or three floors. Um, and they're priced against their neighbor competition without the addition. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah. they're priced fairly similarly. So you've got, I mean, we talk about defensive investing and adding cash flow and blah, blah, blah. What's an extra like one bedroom per times three units? Yeah, that's, it's a lot that's of money. A massive amount yeah. of cash flow. It's like four hundred dollars a unit. Yeah, at least. that you're so. maybe you pay a slight markup because it's a little bit bigger, but like for an extra for, thousand for plus. the most for the most part, yeah, you're still more or less comping it against the neighbor. Right? Yeah. So it's a huge, yeah. uh, huge value bump. Yeah, definitely. So so, yeah, so, so going back to your thing with uh, with Lightborn, the same thing. We we went to check it out and we noticed there's an addition that also yeah. went down to the basement and yeah. we ran the numbers on Lightborn. It's like, wow. And, and for reference, th this property, I, I also saw with clients beforehand who, who now, have, you know, have since bought, they did not want that property. Mm -hmm. They walked in there and they said, get me out of here. And those are our best it, deals. <laughs> and and, and, and just for reference though, I mean, yeah. it sounds easy. I yeah. walked in there and I said, whew, like, and I've seen every property, sure. right? Yeah. And, I've, and I know you guys probably went, ooh, this is a big job too. Yeah. I mean, you, you weren't scared from it, but it's a huge job. Well, it's all math, right? It's all math. You know the final product, pro product like what's going to happen when you're done the renovations. You've done it a hundred times, a thousand times, a million times at this point. Probably not a million. Probably yeah. not a million. Probably, probably not, not a thousand. A thousand. Yeah. But let's say hundreds it's, it's of times, a handful, a handful of times, yeah, yeah, a handful of times, enough, a, enough, a, couple, enough, a couple times, been around the block. Yeah, enough that you know, you know, uh, you know what's what to expect. expect yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so for someone in your position, in my position, you know, as a seasoned real estate investor, um, you might look at a property like that a little differently. You might be yeah, that's true scared to go in the basement, but 
you'll go in because you know what lies ahead in six months after the renovation's done. Um, with clients that are newer, with clients with a smaller renovation budget, with first time, well, newer first timers for sure. Um, depending on who they are and depending on what their goals are, they see a project like that and they go, what the heck am I supposed yeah, to do? It's true. And what even do do the here? thought of doing it is just, I have a job. I don't want to, yeah. you know, I, I have my other, I have kids, I have whatever it is. I have other bills. I don't want to worry it's not about a small this. Project it's manage. not a small like project. Those types of projects aren't, aren't it, small. It's a large project manage. and it yeah. takes a select few people to really capitalize on a project like that. And it takes a select few people to actually appreciate the neighborhood as well. Not, not meaning appreciate it being like, I like this neighborhood. I mean, actually gain appreciation and value by the work that you're going to put in into yeah. that neighborhood. So you, there's a lot of neighborhoods right in Toronto to do exactly you don't go too far over, but you also bring it up to like, you bring it up the to top good, 5% exactly. of, you know, of the neighborhood type of thing. And these homes don't do that themselves. It, it doesn't happen overnight. You don't have a, a, a house that somebody's li been living in for 60 years and then they, you know, pass on or whatever happens. And the property is now hasn't been touched for 60 years. It looks like it's from the seventies or what, whenever, right? Sixties, seventies. It's, it's in very poor condition. It's falling apart at this point and their neighbor is a beautiful new renovation, but what's going to bring that house to that level. It's either going to be an end user going in and dropping in hundreds of thousands of dollars and just spending on it. But for the most part, most neighborhoods in Toronto aren't, aren't geared towards that. Yeah. There are a handful of the premium ones where someone's going to look at it and say, I'm going to buy this for 1.2 and put yeah. $600,000 and it's going to work. I'm going to die here because my family, my kids are going to go yeah. and it's live here. An A plus that. neighborhood yeah. and there's yeah. the best schooling and you know, blah, blah, blah. Everything's there. But a lot of neighborhoods are middle of the pack. They're nice neighborhoods, yeah. but they're I'm gonna not going to buy it. First home. There's someone's first home, last. but they're not going to buy it for a million and then put in 500,000 because they don't have that 500,000. So that property like Lightborn it's going to end up sitting on the market and going to somebody who can put in the value at the right cost, bring out the max of that project. Lightborn was never going to really go to an end user. I don't think so. Just the, the way it was geared, not the amount of work. Market. Not in I this market. I think market. in like January, February, it could probably have would have. Because right? people were just grabbing it, whatever they could. Sure. They could kind of, yeah. It's cheap. Oh, I can oh. get in. Cut, restart, pause. When did that happen? Just a minute ago, probably. I looked like seconds ago and it was fine. We good? Yeah, 30 minute mark, more or less. And we're back. Um, yes, it was never going to go to, in this market, it was never going to go to an end user. Um, or so li a very... Well, let me, let me just restart that. Let me just restart that. Yeah. So a property like Lightborn was never going to go to an end user. In this current state, in this market, the amount of work that was needed for that property as a first-time buyer, because that's a first-time buyer location right now, I would say. It's very up and coming. It's very trendy. There's a lot going on around it. Big gallery but, project. But probably a more mature buyer as a second or third term, uh, the third home might not be moving in there and taking on such a project, in my opinion, as an end user. They're probably looking elsewhere for a similar amount of yeah. money and less headaches. And with, again, maybe a school zone that's different or whatever it is. You know, list your, yeah, got, list your the reasons that it was a good deal. Exactly. But people like us or people who are more seasoned that can bring this property value from X to Y bring the whole location much nicer. It's dead? Question mark? Pause. Full pause. <laughs> it just bang. Uh, are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay, so third time now <laughs> so so lightborn yes. it's it's not the type of property that is 
geared towards end users in this current market, in the current location, meaning it, you know, it needs $200,000 worth of work. It's in a up and coming location, meaning yeah. it's very trendy. It's very new. It's very hip. Uh, a lot of young people want to get it as first time buyers potentially, but as a second or third time buyer, you know, it's your, your family home. Yeah. Now you have two or th three kids that are 10 and you're looking to upsize or what? this is not the property. This is the, the first one. This is the one that you get in to get into the market yes. at closer to floor level, which is where you guys kind of got it for. Yep. Um, and you are the type of people now, or we are, or, you know, uh, seasoned investors are the types that are going to go in there, make the value add, make the property really nice to what the area should be. Because, you yep. know, a property that hasn't been touched in 60 years, is going to look a little crappy, of course, but you're going to put that love in and, and just, you know, really increase the value of everything involved in that little yeah. pocket. Yeah. And to your point, the first time buyer that would have moved into the neighborhood, right? The, the reno's just, you don't have that cash. No, no. You don't, you don't have the capital to, most of them, that's, you know, and most, some of them want to do the reno. Most of the potential buyers that are going to be first time, if you're going to buy something that expensive, you, or the, you know, total cost purchase plus renovation, you're probably going to be buying the finished product so that you can amortize all of it through a mortgage. You don't have yeah. the extra chunk of cash. Exactly. Down you're after borrowing the mortgage. Yeah. Right. So, so I think properties like that end up sitting, especially in this type of market now, and yeah. they're, they're left either going to sit on the market vacant. They're either going to sit on the market until the, the market gets better. Uh, they're going to be in a pretty dilapidated condition yep. uh, as they are. And they're going to sit there or investors are going to go in and increase the value make them livable so that we have more units in the city because that again is the biggest issue is that Toronto does not have enough uh, affordable housing for anybody. So create that affordable housing, increase the value of the neighborhood all in one yeah. while giving people a safe, uh, good, clean place to live, I think is, is uh, very positive. No, we do. Uh, yeah. In, ter in terms of that sort of whole sort of, uh, uh like providing uh, housing or a value creation, whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it. Well, I think what we do here, uh, sort of um, converting single-family homes into uh, a, a rental stock um, is, is good. Again, again, we don't create things that are like super expensive. Yeah. Stuff is we, we do is affordable. It's clean. They're, they're safe, um, and they, you know. Um, so yeah, we do we do, do do good work, and that's why we we've had continued success over. Yeah over the years and it's not just our portfolios are grow growing yeah all of our, our clients, cl our clients well. portfolios are growing too because there is a demand for rental stock obviously yeah. affordable rental stock there's a demand yeah. for this stuff and, we, and this is very obvious with the, with this year's sort of uh, increase in rents because if there wasn't such a demand for, yeah. for for this kind of rental stock then we wouldn't have these giant uh, increases yeah. in rent, so. huge huge demand and i guess well i know a lot of people like to paint the landlord as the bad guy right but like i mean in reality none of, to our earlier point these weren't properties that anybody was buying. <laughs> <That's fine. That's laughs> <Yeah. fair>. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like, this isn't the sexy house that you're going to, I'm not taking this away from anybody when it's sitting on the market for 60 days and it doesn't want to move, right? Nobody's, nobody's buying it. So therefore uh, we can, and we can turn it. We, we actually have an opportunity to turn it into something and go and provide housing uh, where our government might not be doing so well, I, I <laughs> as think, much. I think I, although they are, starting to come out with initiatives that are going to help yeah. the private landlord to provide more housing stock, right? To provide more, uh, more multi-unit where we've been previously very restricted, yeah. uh, in the, in the city. Well, well to, to add on that point, like well, adding, adding more properties is, uh, is, is very difficult because the only way in the city is to build up 
practically. Yeah. Or you can convert or a, these. Or like a lane Convert these homes. Mm-hmm. And I think the general the, the, the general opinion of real estate investors, and this is to somebody who maybe doesn't invest in real estate or just hears like the, the, the buzzwords on news and, you know, landlords are evil, blah, blah, blah. There's bidding wars. It's all because of the investors. I think to, to say that when the time was, you know, 10, 20 offers on a property or even nowadays, investors are typically not the ones bidding up the price to a crazy level. Unless they aren't running numbers. I would call them speculators if if they are taking part in that process. Like, we were all part of many of those multiple offer presentations. But, uh, you know, during the peak of things, we didn't win too many. No. Unless it was yeah, the, you exactly. know, the not great ones. Because yeah. we've got a line. An investor has a set of numbers exactly. that they work with. Uh, here's, here's the, we're going to work our numbers backwards and there's there's the price we can pay for it, right? Yeah. Um, and we would emo- lose a lot. We would lose a lot because there's offers. no there's no emotion or there's little emotion. I think I was losing like four or five offers a week at, at some point earlier this in like from the January oh, to March. A lot of the, yeah, for for a period of time like Jan, Jan to March, it was like we're just gonna write it down. All right, yeah. here you go. <laughs> yeah, like, see what happens. And then it was like you lost by two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, well, who the hell's okay. paying for that? That's yeah. not an probably not an investor. Yeah, no, I think that's that's the end user who's yeah. now it's it's an end, end user, user competition. speculator or someone in those yeah, lines. The the number go up and yeah. um yeah. Anyways, I think a lot of the a lot of it those days was cheap money yeah. end user you know young couples with mid you know early six figure jobs times two. Uh, this is my opportunity to get into something that I can kind of live in for a long time. This is my my one chance to step into these neighborhoods yeah. and then that kind of breeds more fear of. If I don't do it now, I'll never get into this neighborhood, yeah. kind of thing, and yeah. then that just kind of continues and continues. And now a lot of those are, you know, well, historically that's quadruple been true. your mortgage rate on a property that you were already kind of like pushing for to get into the neighborhood. Historically, though, that that has been true is yeah. is that you do want to get your foot in the door when you yes. can, yeah, 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 as soon as you can, because if and you over do the long run, if they can hold defensive investing it, or purchasing. If they can hold, they'll be fine. Yeah, right? in the long run, this should be still still be okay because the way that money, the uh, paper money is designed, is it just devalues over time, no yep. matter what, right? So you just got to give some time. Yep. So Billy, you have Oakwood, you have the other property now that you're you're working through, both big projects. Yep. When when those are done, what's your next step? What do you think? Are you gonna? Because now you have you know you have a healthy portfolio. Yep. Uh, you're, you're living, you know, quite comfortably from the outside. Uh, what, you know, you, you said it earlier. Your family's good. Yeah. Billy pulls up good. in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> in a Bugatti. Oh, God. Uh, so what's what's the next steps? Like, what do you th- do? You think you're going to buy more in the next year or two? Or do you think you're going to, you know, take a few years off? Are you going to travel? Like, what, what's the? So yeah. So in terms of leisure, a little bit more on the leisure side, I would say. However, in terms of work, just because I, I I enjoy it and I believe in it, and I still. As as someone who, who 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 calls himself an investor or an asset allocator or a capital allocator, if you have money sitting around, I'm not going to let it sit in the bank, right? If I have access to cash, I'm not going to let it sit in the bank. And if I see a good deal, I'm going to try to make something, try to either make something happen in or pass it to a client or something, right? So it's still, it's still valuable work. Yeah. And it's not just about me in the sense that in the sense that like, if, say I have enough for myself and or whatever. There's still other people relying on me or relying on you guys to help them reach that stage. Yeah. So it's, it's still, the work still got to be done, and I still enjoy it. So it's all good. Um, That's the important. So piece. breaking so. news: Billy <laughs> is not retiring anytime soon. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's important. You enjoy what you do. Yeah. So um, I think, I don't know, in, in reality, just because the way my, the way I think and I wait the way I believe money works, I, you know, something like this I'll be doing for a very long time just because, again, just going back to today, you just shouldn't let cash sit there for too long, right? Yeah. Especially when when I can prove to myself uh, mm-hmm. this system and this and this and the system here in Toronto with this 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 uh, single family rentals, these things work. I can keep doing it, and that's what we've been doing. So, yeah. Maybe there's a day the numbers don't make sense, but so that when day the day has not yeah, yet yeah. Come. So when the numbers don't make sense, and we've we've had this, we've had these situations before yeah. when the numbers start start not making sense, we kind of look elsewhere. Yeah. For a little yeah. bit, yeah, but yeah, every exactly. time, but every time they stop working, something happens. Something happens, and it corrects where the numbers start working. Yeah. Again. Like 2017, numbers aren't really working yet. Yeah. Start again. We we're, were losing back then too, and then something happened. It corrected. The numbers started working again. Earlier this year, the numbers like you know, numbers not really working again. Yeah, they had to lose like a bunch. And then the you look a little bit, or you start to expand the view a little bit. Maybe you look into like build a laneway, build a garden yeah. suite. Does that make more sense in this market? And then not terribly long after we start to kind of look at that, if you think of like. I want to say like Bollinger Bands almost, right? Like things go up <laughs> too far past and then it kind of brings itself back down into this range. It goes too far down from, again, from the yeah. investor perspective. Thing, numbers make too much sense. Then things kind of bring themselves back up yeah. into this range, right? The price will kind of find a floor. So, uh, yeah, so it's like, so, ceiling. So, I don't know. We, I think, I guess real estate investors, they get a lot of bad rap on the, on the media, on the news, saying, like, you know, these people buy up all the houses or whatever. But we also keep, we also help correct the market yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah. But people like us who run the numbers on, on, a bunch of assets and start comparing everything. We help correct the market, and that's yeah. that's part of the that's part of the market being yeah. being free. So yeah. yeah, we're not BlackRock. We're not yeah, we're not open we're door. Not. We're not <laughs> scooping up all of the all yeah, of the properties that, on the market to just hedge fund that just said they're going to put it's in BlackRock. No, the, the Blackrock, no, the Morgan Stanley. Oh, the Morgan Stanley. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. way more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so BlackRock, BlackRock, they bought a lot in the states. Or no, they bought in Canada. Did they? Right. I think it was Canada bought. I can't remember. I have, to look, I, have to, I have to look it up, but yeah, Morgan Stanley is going to be looking to buy up in the U.S. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it was a billion dollars worth of yeah, residential yeah, real estate they're going to buy. The that's not a sign. I don't know what it is. Well, the, well, they're 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 the same thing, right? They have to allocate allocate capital right now, um, cash or or, or cash or or yield in this right. case. It, it's it's kind of high, right? So that's where they're going to put the money to work. So hmm. any any. Uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts on on what? Just life. On life. Oh Jesus! Getting so deep, broad. Getting yeah, also super vague. <laughs> if there's one thing you want to tell deep. people who are listening, and and just keep in mind, there will be maybe seven people that listen to this. So there's seven <laughs> people listening. Seven people listening to this. His mom, my mom, maybe your mom, Simon's mom. I don't think she's gonna be. No, I don't think so. Final thoughts. I don't have any final thoughts. I don't know. That's to be continued. I like that. <laughs> okay, there we go. I like that. To be continued. Just uh. Episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Name of the podcast. Uh, here, here, final thoughts. Just right, because right. this is where this is where and it's, and it's genuine. This is where it's coming from. I think it's um it's important to just be grateful for a lot of things, um you know. And I've I've, I've, I've talked to made this talking point with both of you. Like yep. Um, we have a lot to be grateful for, especially. Uh, we're, I I feel like we're quite privileged in the kind of work we get to do, and uh, we get to make a make a living um, in a space that's um, that's um, 
quite fulfilling. Yeah, exactly. And because I don't know how, how else to put it, I think it's yeah. quite a, quite a privilege. So, um, and then you know, just be uh, yeah, just grateful for for things. Yeah, it's a good point. Grateful. We do we do talk about it a lot, and I think uh, I'll echo it. it. It is it is important to be grateful. I mean, I feel like Gary Vaynerchuk right now, <laughs> but like gratitude is important. Yeah, it really true. is. We should yeah. take a take a second and realize that we're, yeah. we're we are privileged to be doing what we do, to enjoy what we do, yeah. and to be to be provided the opportunities that we have in doing. Well what said, we do. sir. So therefore, <laughs> give us a call. We'll give you some opportunities too. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. Thanks for coming on. Well, we'll do this again yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right. Cool. Yeah.